Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with me, Lou Newton and Rebecca Myers. On today's episode, we explore the challenges of getting aid into Gaza. There's few military operations that uh, are more complicated than humanitarian assistance airdrops. I know that we will learn from the first airdrops. And this will be a part of a sustained effort. This isn't going to be one and done. There will be additional airdrops planned and executed. And with each one, I think we'll learn more and we'll get, we'll get better at them. It is extremely difficult to do an airdrop in uh, such a, a crowded environment as is Gaza. Uh, very, very densely populated. A lot of people confined to small spaces. So you want to do it in a way that you can get it to Close, as close as you can to the people in need, but not in a way that puts them uh, in any danger. That was the White House spokesperson, John Kirby. He was explaining the difficulties involved in airdropping aid. And that comes as Joe Biden has announced that America will airdrop humanitarian aid into Gaza. On Thursday, more than 100 Palestinians were killed after they gathered around Israeli aid trucks in Gaza City. Israel blamed most of the deaths on trampling, but said their troops had later fired limited shots on crowds they felt had posed a threat. UN officials said yesterday they had inspected 200 people receiving medical attention and a large number had gunshot wounds. Now, we know that aid for Palestinians has been struggling to enter Gaza because of fighting, looting and Israeli protests blocking trucks at the Egyptian border. And the United Nations thinks that now half a million Gazans are just one step away from famine. The US join a host of other countries, including the UAE, Jordan and France, who have already done airdrops. Former US ambassador at large for war crimes issues, David Sheffer, told us that it shows the White House has new priorities in the war. It represents a a, uh, recognition that this war has turned from a primarily combat situation to a primarily humanitarian situation. The airdrop situation is a is a band-aid. Um, the real answer is on the ground. Israel really has to own this situation now. It, it cannot possibly ensure its own national security with the humanitarian catastrophe at its doorstep just across the border in Gaza. That itself, I think, is a threat to its national security to have that humanitarian catastrophe. 
And Biden is still hoping for a ceasefire deal in time for the start of Ramadan. Right now, there's a draft proposal of a 40-day ceasefire from the start of Ramadan, and that's being reviewed. The Times' US editor, David Charter, told The World in 10 that the announcement of US airdrops is partially to send a message to Israel. Patience is really running thin in the Biden administration uh, with the behaviour of Israel uh, in Gaza. Uh, they had definitely hoped that... Uh, by the end of this weekend, there would be uh, a new humanitarian ceasefire, at least a temporary one. Throughout the conflict, uh, Biden's negotiators have been trying to make sure uh, humanitarian aid gets through into Gaza. That's been one of their main tasks. And I think this announcement of airdrops is a sign of just increased frustration with uh, the behaviour of Israel it's as much symbolic, I think, as anything else and as a message to Israel to get on with agreeing a temporary ceasefire, at least, uh, so that proper aid can get in on the ground. The US has been giving military aid, arms, to Israel, which it says is so it can protect itself from Hamas attacks like that of October the 7th. And now the US is sending aid to Gaza. But David told us that for Biden, there isn't a conflict between those two actions. I don't see any contradiction in America providing military support to Israel uh, and extra humanitarian relief to the people of, of Gaza, because, of course, America says it's trusting Israel to use the military support to go after terrorists uh, and to take its uh, every precaution to avoid harm to civilians. This has become an increasingly difficult position to sustain publicly. And we, we know that behind the scenes, America is desperately trying to get a ceasefire, at least a temporary one. But Biden is a lifelong instinctive supporter uh, of Israel. Uh, and he's taken the view that, in, at least in public, uh, he will maintain support for its actions uh, in Gaza. Uh, at the same time, the Americans are increasingly urging uh, restraint and caution because because the final stages of this action now in, in Rafa uh, are e extremely dangerous and life-threatening for thousands and thousands of people. And that's obvious to um, America as it is to the rest of the world. It has dominated the headlines pretty much all week, so it will be easy to forget that the Formula One season hasn't actually started yet. Today it finally does, with the first race of the season in Bahrain this afternoon, but all eyes are not necessarily going to be on the track. They will probably instead be on the Red Bull team as its principal, Christian Horner, where there's another day of fallout after private messages allegedly between him and a female staff member were leaked. We covered the story on yesterday's podcast and today we spoke to Molly Hudson. She's live from the paddock and we spoke to her about what's actually going to happen with the racing and the drivers. It is finally race day at the Bahrain Grand Prix. At times this week, it's felt like that is the sideshow to the story that has really dominated and obviously Christian Horner has been at the centre of that. Uh, at the moment, he, he, he remains team principal of Red Bull. He has been trying his best to operate on a business as usual level. This is the start of the season, the, the moment after qualifying yesterday where we truly find out how quick everybody is, certainly for, for much of last week, even at testing, there was a feeling that Max Verstappen was going to be 
considerably far ahead of the field. He, he produced a, a dominant display in qualifying yesterday. He could even be uh, around half a second clear of his rivals. So that will really be telling how, how everything unfolds when the lights go out this afternoon. And finally, turn the focus back to the racing, which, has, as, as I say, definitely been a side story this week. And you can read all the latest about the action in Bahrain and analysis from our experts on The Times' website now. That was the sound of Rihanna during a performance at a pre-wedding party for the son of Indian billionaire Mikesh Ambani, who's one of the wealthiest men in Asia. And it's not just Rihanna who's been there. Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Ivanka Trump, famous cricketers, Bollywood stars, tech CEOs and other Indian billionaires have all been at the pre-wedding gala of events to mark the upcoming marriage of Anand Ambani and Radhika Merchant. And what a party it is. I've seen it all over social media. And Mikesh Ambani is currently the world's 10th richest man. And it really shows you've got Rihanna's performance. There's reports of a village of luxurious teepees being built. A performance from David Blaine might be coming up. Then there's 65 chefs who've been bought in and 2,500 different dishes on offer. Plus, guests were sent a nine-page dress code. And this is only the pre-wedding. The couple's formal marriage will actually take place in July. On tomorrow's World in 10, we'll take you back to 1971. Susie Ronson was a hairdresser in Beckenham. She had a number of customers, including David Bowie's mum and his wife. And she recalls the first time she met the star. And then I was invited up to their house. David was there. He was sitting in the bay window, flipping through some magazines. And he was, I think he was contemplating cutting his hair really short. And he asked, they asked me my opinion. And I said, well, no one's got short hair. And it was true. Nobody did have short hair. You know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, it was like everyone had long hair. So he got up and he came over and he showed me a photograph in a magazine of a girl with really short, spiky hair. He said, can you do that? And as I'm saying yes, I'm thinking to myself, Wow. That's a girl's hairstyle, which in the 70s was a shock. That's a girl's hairstyle. And how am I going to actually do that? Susie is credited with creating Ziggy Stardust's iconic red hair look that inspired a punk generation. And you can hear more about that on tomorrow's episode. But for now, that's all the time we have. So thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. We'll see you tomorrow. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.